embrace the darkness, disappear into the cold, the only respite from the surface world, which consumes and embroils all it touches. Odd, isn't it, that in order to contemplate life, one must go where there isn't any. I wonder, is this what it's like to be dead? If so, how glorious. Would that I could stay here forever oblivious to the pain and strife above. They found me. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Swamp Things, comic book muck men, bog beasts, and mud monsters. Episode 15, Swamp Thing, 100-page giant, number 2, and the plot. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine Presents Swamp Things, and I'm here to talk about some Swamp Thing news and some Swamp uh, Thing-related comics and some... Swamp Thing comics, actually. So that opening was actually from the Swamp Thing Giant number two. This is the second volume of Swamp Thing Giants, and that is from the first page of the story by Mark Russell, which we're going to talk about momentarily. But first, uh, let's talk about a little personal update. You know what's going on with the comic book time machine. Uh, As I said uh, before in a lot of different podcast episodes, this is a hobby podcast for us. This is not... um, the same kind of thing as Strangers and Aliens for me or um, Welcome to Level 7. It's not the same kind of thing as uh, the Sci-Fi Christian for uh, Matt Anderson. You know, this is this is something we come to when we can, when we want to, and, uh, well, I shouldn't say when we want to. We want to a lot, but um, can't always do it. Uh, however, it is something that we will continue to do as as we have time. And the other thing I've said before is that a lot of times uh, when the comic book time machine stops coming out uh, regularly or seemingly at all, uh, it tends to be around times when I'm busy with other projects that, are, that have to do with my, my writing life. Um, and, and that's the case, uh, again, as well here uh, where we've got supersonic pod comics going on and I am uh, deep in the weeds of writing scripts for those it's been a lot of fun. It's also been a lot more work than we expected. When we started the project, we thought, and this is a little bit of a behind the scenes, but when we started that project, we thought that we were going to have uh, someone available who's going to be able to edit together um, a large portion of the audio and that uh, we would be doing writing and then editing smaller portions for ourselves. Well, um, immediately after we started um, promoting the project and trying to get funding for the project, the person who was uh, in line to do a lot of that audio uh, editing, the audio editing, he uh, had a family emergency kind of thing happen and uh, was not able to do that. And so uh, we decided to press forward and press forward with our original plans. And um, so it's ended up being a much heavier uh, role than I thought I was going to be playing, which I thought it was just going to be some editing, lots of writing. And, and all that kind of thing. And it turned into a lot of audio editing. But I think it's been, a, it's been great. It's been fun. I've been enjoying myself. And I think people who have listened to Supersonic Pod Comics have enjoyed it as well. And so 
I'm going to very quickly wrap up my um, uh, shameless uh, promo, I guess, because that's what I'm doing right now is uh, by, by saying that Supersonic Pod Comics is out and it's, uh, you know, we've got four different ongoing series uh, coming out monthly, like a comic book, uh, that all are part of the same universe. And there's, it, it's just been a lot of fun. And actually, if you've been, you know, following this, this, uh, this feed, you know about that because I think we've done some promo stuff before, but anyway, that's a little bit of personal update. Let's get into a less personal update and talk about Walmart. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the Walmart thing has been a lot of fun and it was a lot of fun for me and I enjoyed collecting it and I am now done. I'm out of collecting every single Walmart giant issue. Uh, they wrapped up their big first year, uh, with the teen Titans, with that, that original story with wonder woman and the original stories there, uh, with Superman and Batman and those original stories and what they're doing seems to be the smart thing to do, which is to go with more one shot kind of things. Whereas before all of the books had, uh, an original story and then had, uh, reprint stories, but there were reprints that were like reprinting. Uh, you know, uh, uh, some sort of classic storyline like the Green Lantern uh, storyline that was being published in the Superman as a reprint. And with Swamp Thing, you had the Swamp Thing and Animal Man from the New 52. Uh, and and so you had this kind of thing. And they ended those. <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually, because when they ended the that first round, um, it was just kind of, you know, before it was to be continued next issue here's what's coming and then for the like swamp thing and animal man uh both of those were to be continued in these collections that you can get at your local comic shop kind of thing okay it works you know it does the job of being a promotional um item for your local comic shop uh but you still had this original material that can only be found in the walmart editions and now what's happened is for a little while they've been publishing the original Superman stories, the original Batman stories, two stories in uh, these issues that have been in comic book shops. And there's actually um, – I'm not sure when this is coming out. I just saw the uh, an Amazon uh, listing for this. But the original Swamp Thing material that was in the Swamp Thing Giants, um, that is being published in a, a collected edition that will be in, in comic shops and bookstores and on Amazon and that sort of thing. I'm saying that sort of thing a lot, aren't I? Yeah, I need to maybe move away from that. But anyway, those original stories are available for people to consume. They've made some changes, though. And one of the things they've done now is that the new giant-sized editions that are coming out are being released at, in Walmart first, and then a few weeks later are coming out in comic book shops with a different cover. And so the Walmart cover is reusing art from the material that, you know, like, so in, in the Swamp Thing Giants, um, the cover material that they're using comes from the Len Wein Swamp Thing series that came out recently, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But um, that is a reused cover. New covers are being commissioned and used for the comic book shop editions of these books. So same interior, it's just that variant cover, that, you know, comic shop cover and then the Walmart cover. And 
This is kind of cool. This means that you don't have to have a local Walmart to be able to get these new uh, giant size 100 page things. Um, they're still in Walmart. That's where I bought uh, Swamp Thing 1 and Swamp Thing 2. And that's where I bought Teen Titans Go number one for my son for his birthday. So these things are more standalone. They're the kind of thing where you don't have to continue um, reading from issue to issue to get every single story. They're still doing reprints. And some of those reprints are one shot kind of things. So I did get, um, I, I, rather I looked through, uh, there's a, a super villains one that they did that has a whole bunch of reprints in it and then a couple original stories and they all seem to be kind of one shot kind of things if i remember correctly i didn't buy it so this is going by memory now but if i remember correctly one of those was a um i think it was the dark side zero issue that they did that would have been part of the justice league new 52 run um they did a Ah, man, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was a zero issue, if they called it something different. But um, for one month in the New 52, they did a thing where there's like these one shots of villains. And that's what they used in the super villains uh, number one uh, giant issue. Yeah, it's it's been kind of cool, though. And I'm glad that they're doing it that way. Um, but I'm also dropping out of buying every single one. And that's because the story arcs that I was collecting uh, wrapped up and I'm able to step back and say, OK, I don't need to do this because they're also they seem to be producing a lot more. Now, I can't tell if they're producing a lot more every month or if it's just that there's more one shots every month. And if so, if there's more of the one shot kind of thing, I'm really excited about that because like uh, in October they had the um, it was DC Ghosts and I'm buying that because that, that has some really cool stuff in it. And it was, I believe, just a one shot tie in for Halloween. And then um, I'm assuming they're going to do the same kind of thing uh, when Christmas comes up. I'm not sure if that super villain one that I passed on. Uh, is going to be a one shot or not. Uh, but the idea of, you know, you slap a number one, you do a one shot, and it's always going to be issue number one, you know, and if you have self contained stories, uh, that's what they needed to do in a venue like Walmart, where, um, you know, it's it's hit and miss what's on the shelf, what's not. And that is, I think, a very smart thing for them to do. And then on the flip side, they do have some continuing like the swamp thing one that we're going to talk about today. But uh, it's smart and I hopefully it'll work to bring in new readers. And the other thing that was smart is that they have gone uh, younger as well. And so there's the teen Titans go that they had that has two new stories and then reprints from other teen Titan go comics. And I was able to get that. And by nature, those are not continuing soap opera kind of storylines. And so I grabbed that for my son for his birthday and he's not missing out on anything by not getting the next one. But if I get him the next one, even better, right? They have a Scooby-Doo one. They have a DC Supergirls, or I can't remember what they call that line now, but it's tied into uh, the show on Cartoon Network and the toy line where it's it's the, the girl heroes um, drawn in a different style and that cartoon style. And it seems like there's one other that I might be forgetting, but that's also smart because you have these recognizable properties that are for kids and they're at Walmart and that is wise. You know, that's, that's the kind of that, that Archie thing where Archie has been in grocery stores forever and Archie had market penetration 
to get younger dollars because it was in a place where moms might just grab one, drop it on the conveyor belt for their groceries. And, you know, kids could see it and say, hey, mom, can I get this? And so you either have the impulse buy from mom bringing it home to the kids or you have the impulse buy from the kids in line with mom or dad. And it just it was something that um, Marvel and DC lost and over time. And Marvel actually tried to get back in on that with uh, their digest reprint books. And those were great, but they only did, I think, eight or nine issues of that. Um, was not Walmart exclusive. It was all over the place or intended to be. Uh, but it was also distributed by Archie or Archie Comics. And it was, I think, a cool experiment and a great idea. And apparently didn't work out as well as they thought it would. But those, those were actually a, a good volumes as well. So, yeah, so that's kind of the, the Walmart update. And while it won't be the last time I talk about Walmart, because I'm going to be buying this Swamp Thing giant size, 100-page uh, Swamp Thing giant um, from Walmart, it is the last time I'm really going to probably do any kind of big update on these comics. Uh, but the big news here is if you want to get these, you can now order them from your local comic shop. And it won't be limited by your access to a Walmart or limited by your moral um, opposition of Walmart, you know, so you can feel better now about going and, and buying these comics. If that's one of the things that was holding you back, which I do know um, from what I saw online was something that was holding some people back from getting those because of Walmart though, we still have a monthly swamp thing comic <laughs> and uh, so they did that first round and then they did the final issue of that first round. And I was wondering what's going to happen, you know, what's happening. I knew that they were going back to, and starting with number one for a lot of these. Um, and, and they have, you know, this is, uh, right now what I just purchased, uh, I think it was two nights ago, uh, was, is the second issue, uh, of this new, this volume two of giant size, uh, I keep calling it giant size. It's not. It's a uh, 100 page giant. <laughs> giant size is Marvel. And then people who are trying to capitalize on that Marvel nostalgia of the giant size. But so other publishers are publishing things that are not Marvels, but that are using that um, similar trade dressing, you know, to make you think about that. But no, this is 100 page giant. And I think, uh, yeah, actually, it's just Swamp Thing Giant number two is what they call it in the Indicia. How do you say that word? I-N-D-I-C-A, I think is how it's spelled, but I'm not sure exactly how, how to say it. Uh, but that's not the only Swamp Thing-related comics that have come out. There's also a new comic that I've been um, buying. I've only got the second issue. Uh, third issue will be coming out soon. It's called The Plot. And the cool thing about The Plot is that this is from a company called Vault Comics. And it is, uh, Vault is coming out, and they're they're actually coming out pretty strong with a bunch of horror titles. Well, the plot is the one that stuck out to me because this is a, um, a series that, um, it was written in a lot of ways for, for me. Uh, it feels like it's a horror movie actually. And I could really see this thing, um, on the screen if they were to, you know, turn it into a movie, it would be very easy to adapt the script for, uh, for a film. Uh, the one bad thing I would say about this and uh, the other, um, I can't remember what the title was of the other one. I can't find it on their website. But another one from Vault Comics that 
they both feel like, okay, you got this one issue and it's a slow build, slow burn, but we got to show a monster by the end of the issue, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily flow. Um, it just felt really quick that all of a sudden, hey, oh, there's a monster here. Um, now, it felt better for the plot, which is good. The other one, I, I uh, didn't like the way that they, that, that played out, but that's because I had I don't know what's happening in the next issue. I haven't bought the next issue of that one. But the plot is a, uh, it's a, it's a literate horror comic book. And, uh, you know, there's some language in it and there's some, some scary imagery, but what was cool about it is this is a swamp monster thing. Now, what kind of swamp monster? I don't know, but when they were talking about it, they were talking about these swamp, uh, mummies that you find in, um, Actually, I think it's over in Scotland is a lot of those show up and where people die and then they're preserved by the swamp. And I don't know how that fits into the story because I haven't really gotten into that yet with the story with issue one and two. But it's something that they brought up in their interviews. And so when I saw this thing, I was like, wait, what is this? I don't know what this is. And so I quickly uh, contacted my local comic book shop, which is buymetoys.com, which is a website that you can go and order. Like especially they have variant covers for a lot of uh, cool things. Uh, like the Dark Universe stuff that uh, DC is putting out. They've had some cool variant covers for that. But I told them, I, I need this. I'd like to see this. What I didn't know was that there was a variant cover to that that is a riff on the um, that classic Swamp Thing, uh, House of Secrets number 92. And so I didn't know that when I told them I wanted this. But then uh, I saw something online with it as I was kind of looking and poking around. I saw that cover. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wonder if they got that variant cover. And then when I went into my comic shop, I didn't even have to ask them because that was the one they put aside for me. Um, so Casey said, yeah, I th thought this would be the one you'd want. And I was like, yep, you are absolutely correct. And so that was cool, too, is just that variant cover. But it is definitely um, a strong horror comic if you like um, – horror movies that are, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this would fit into the prestige horror, you know, you're getting with like get out and stuff like that, but it is, a, it's good. You got some good characters. You got characters that you're just wondering what's going to happen with them. And yeah. So bottom line is the plot swamp monster. I'm enjoying it, but I think you'll enjoy it even if you don't like swamp monsters. So, uh, so looking at swamp thing, giant number two especially um you've got two stories and the reason i'm focusing in on number two and not on number one is uh, first of all because of my buddy uh daniel butcher who got me excited because he had listened to a podcast episode of a podcast i can't remember what it was and it had an interview with uh, phil hester and phil hester was talking about how he was doing some work on swamp thing now phil hester is an artist that i like a lot and he uh, illustrated a run of the swamp thing while he was writing and i'm not sure if he's going to continue writing for swamp thing or if this is just a one-time thing for him um but uh he has an eight-page story in this collection of uh from the swamp thing giant number two and just starting with that story like it just feels like one of those classic horror um classic swamp thing stories maybe where you know before alan moore where it's just kind of you know swamp thing wanders the swamp and comes across some people and there's a crazy thing going on and they take care of it you know and and what happens here is that he finds uh there's this circus that uh they should be dead and but they're not dead and 
they need at least one person to be their audience every year. And I'm not going to get into why, uh, but they have kidnapped someone and Swamp Thing is investigating it. And, and so you have some creepiness and you have some grossness and you have, um, and then you have your quick wrap up, you know, and there's a lot of panels on every page. I think every page has at least, well, there are a couple of pages that do have like just four panels, but you're getting into pages that also have seven panels and eight panels. Final page has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I mean, it's packing a lot into those eight pages, which, you know, some artists are able to do that. And so Phil Hester, I think, was able to write to uh, Tom Mandrake's strengths and Tom Mandrake was able to fit things into small panels and still make it work and tell the story well. And... It's just it, it's a good little short self-contained horror story, and is it scary? Well, there's there's creepiness in it, and there's some gross stuff in it, and then there's the supernatural element that goes into it. You know, comics have a hard time being a gen, giving genuine scares. Um, I think the primary way that a comic is able to scare you is by disturbing you. Um, and sticking with you with the images that it gives you. But, you know, a jump scare doesn't happen in a, in a comic book. Um, instead, what happens, I, I would call it a jump appreciation, you know. And so the scary thing happens and you're just like, oh, yeah, this this works, you know. And uh, maybe in a movie, the the thing jumping out would, would be scary because it uh, would be accompanied by a music sting and a visual cue that's all of a sudden that wasn't there that's all of a sudden there but with a comic book you don't have that kind of thing uh, movie controls how and and how quickly you are consuming a thing a comic book you control that and you control the page turn and nothing is really going to startle you but you can be disturbed and, and a story can stick with you and um, you know this one you know, there's, there's, it's saying something about humanity too, in both what the aged circus people are doing, <laughs> aged being a pretty strong euphemism, I guess, for what they are, which is not quite zombies, but, uh, and then also with the good characters as well. So, um, yeah, so the Winter Quarters by Phil Hester, eight pages of original material in this. 100 pages. Then there are 16 pages of original material that are by Mark Russell and drawn by Marco, oh, his name goes into the fold, Marco Santucci. And this is a story that continues a storyline from the previous issue. Now you don't, it's not necessarily part two of anything. It's called Every, Everything Eats, Everything Dies. Uh, this one does end saying to be continued. Um, but this is one that, again, it says something about humanity, it says something about life, and it says something about death, too, which is what horror stories do. I mean, literature does, honestly, but horror stories, you know, they, they, they tap into fear and they tap into why you're afraid of things and good ones that tap into, tap into the why. Um, you know, this, this has a, a death in it that, again, I don't want to spoil too much. But it's just, it's just part of life. And, and there's actually a scene where Swamp Thing is sitting down with uh, family on the bayou. And they're eating corn. And the, the uh, conversation goes, eating this corny on the cob. I'm not, I'm not saying it in the, <laughs> the Louisiana uh, accent. But um, in front of you, it must be likened to if we had to watch you devour a child. And Swamp Thing says, I don't mind everything is food for something else. 
I myself am fertilized by human corpses all the time. And then the old man says, I suppose that there is one immutable rule of life. Everything eats and everything dies. And then I love this next panel where he says, everything else is up to us. And that's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's saying something and it's, um, you know, saying something in the context of a, of a good story. Now, the excitement in this story, there's not, there's no huge battles. There's, there's a splash page. Um, there's a splash page to a flashback, but yeah, the, and then the death at the end is unrelated, uh, but is totally related to what's going on. And then the final splash page, um, just really powerful, a powerful callback to that conversation that I was talking about. Um, it's just, uh, just an enjoyable story. And Mark Russell is someone that I may have read before, but I'm no, I don't recognize the name. Um, but he did a, he did a good job with, with this story. Uh, the design for Swamp Thing is interesting, you know, kind of getting away here from the Alan Moore look of uh, Justice League Dark, which is another monthly comic that Swamp Thing figure, figures heavily in. Um, but he does have a, a little bit of a, uh, a beard to him. And I'm curious if it's, you know, if it's meant to look like he's shaved off the Alan Moore stuff, but left, uh, left the beard, uh, or not, but it's a decent design. And, you know, that's the thing that when I'm, when I'm talking about these swamp monster comics, um, I'm asking myself, you know, about the content and content in this issue is really, really good. This is a double dip for me also, though, the, the, the reprinted material I've already purchased. There's the Swamp Thing um, series that Len Wein did that is a six-issue series, which is perfect for this format. I imagine that after six issues, they might even go back to an, another number one if they continue with the Swamp Thing thing. But um, it's the Len Wein where he returned to Swamp Thing. Kelly Jones did the illustrations, and uh, it's a it's a good good series. And then there's the Constantine, uh, John Constantine, the Hellblazer that came out a little while ago, which was another series that I had read um, primarily because Swamp Thing does show up in that, but a little bit later. Uh, no, actually, nope, not a little bit later. He is in this issue. And uh, he's, he's figuring in, uh, actually, he's bringing a lot of exposition to that series. But then there's also uh, Zatanna. And I am not familiar with that storyline. I'm not familiar with her series. And I have not read it yet uh, here in this in this issue or actually in the uh, Swamp Thing Giant number one either. But content, great. Creature looks good. I mean, there's there's a couple different looks for him. Um, <laughs> well, now looking at the uh, John Constantine that is drawn by Moritat. Boy, I, I can't read that without my glasses, and it's in a weird font. Um, that has a good look, a nice clean, but uh, but goopy look. Um, and then you have him in uh, drawn by Kelly Jones, which is a really odd look. Uh, not my favorite look for Swamp Thing, but it works for the for the monster. And then you have Tom Mandrake's version of of him, which I think is probably the most. It's it's a combination of classic. And the Justice League Dark, where he has the Alan Moore look. Um, it's kind of a combination of the two. And he's looking good there. And he's looking good in this first uh, story in the book by Marco Santucci. So, content good. Creature good. Cover, 
this one uh, I haven't seen actually the uh, comic shop edition, but the cover uh, here is the one by Kelly Jones, and it's okay. Is it frameable? No, but uh, it's a good cover. Um, but the plot had two great covers uh, with the Swamp Thing riff, and then also with the uh, the cover that uh, I guess the A cover, which just features kind of this mummified creature crying out in anguish. So, you know, uh, this is a good time to be a Swamp Thing fan unless you really like the Swamp Thing TV series, which is gone. And I think I talked about that already, so I'm not going to get into how the series is pretty good. Not the greatest ever, but pretty good. And the end was not very good because it was not satisfactory at all because they were packing in just a couple extra scenes to try and make up for the three episodes they didn't get to shoot and write and tell the story. So that is our episode of the comic book time machine. Thank you so much for listening. And I just want to remind you that you can find, um, you know, all sorts of stuff at comicbooktimemachine.com. Also remind you, you can hear me, um, talking about, the Marvel Cinematic Universe over at Welcome to Level 7. And don't forget about the Supersonic Pod Comics feed, which is also found at the website of supersonicpodcomics.com. But if you like audio drama and audiobooks, and if you like superheroes, you'll love those or like them, hopefully, at least. You know, maybe I'm selling it a little bit too hard by saying you're going to love it. But yeah. So uh, thank you for listening and, you know, we'll be getting to more episodes of the comic book time machine as we can. And I appreciate you keeping us, uh, you know, in your pod catcher so that when something comes up in your feed, you'll maybe give it a listen. So that is it for now. Thanks for listening. And of course, everyone, Godspeed. Godspeed.